every week when I sit down to try and work out what we're going to talk about, it can be really difficult to try and work out what's most appropriate at the moment. Because I don't know about you, but but sometimes that uh, they call it the corona coaster of emotions. Um, sometimes it means we, we go in some weeks feeling great, but other weeks feeling really disillusioned. So I'm just going to try and uh, over the next couple of weeks look at some stuff, hopefully, that, that will um, transcend just our current situation, um, but also help us and equip us while we're in the middle of it. So this morning, I want to kind of acknowledge and talk about how in times like these, it can be hard to manage everything. Um, people are having to cope with so much and the challenges are different for everyone. Uh, it might be isolation that you're struggling with or distance from people that you would love to be spending more time with. Uh, it might be uncertainty, that, that kind of uh, limbo that we're in while we're waiting for, for where, what the next news is or the next step is and when this lockdown might be eased, all those kind of things. It might be restrictions that are placed on, on our movement or, um, or where we can go, what we can do, uh, who we can see. It might be, um, it might be that element of risk that, that for some of us um, going out to work, those on the front line, especially key workers or people people who are having to, to go and work in public places, that element of risk that's involved in just going to work that wasn't there before. Maybe people who experience loss, um, and that is the challenge that you're having to go through at the minute. For some of us, it's education. It's trying to work out how do we effectively um, kind of lead our kids through what they usually get done so brilliantly for them at school. Um, maybe you're experiencing a sense of failure, uh, maybe those two things are linked. <laughs> um, it might be anxiety or, or grief, or maybe it's that you are carrying other people's feelings, that you're aware that other people are really struggling and you just want to step in and help them and, and be there for them. And that can be a burden to, to kind of carry as well. But whatever it looks like, we can guarantee, as we talked about just a minute ago, that it's a roller coaster of emotions that it's a challenge, it's difficult, and it's, it's hard to go through all these different kind of things. So with all of these things to think about, and all of this stuff going on, how do we work out how we should respond and behave? I suppose the key question is this, what is most important to focus on? And the Bible gives us some great direction when you look at um, what the, how the Bible kind of approaches life and what it sees as being some of the most important things. I'm going to read a couple of passages. Um, firstly, in Mark chapter 12, uh, verses 28 to 31, uh, it says this. It's, the, it's called the greatest commandment. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And then uh, I want to pick up the end of 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, chapter uh, chapter 13 verse 13 it says this three things will last forever faith hope and love and the greatest of these is love 
I saw a, uh, a picture the other day, uh, someone's post, um, I shared a little image and then um, it said this, it just, it was like a billboard poster and on it it said, uh, that love thy neighbour thing, I meant that, signed God. And uh, I looked at that and I thought, ah, I love it. Uh, I love it because it, it kind of uh, cuts straight to uh, the chase. It reminds us of what, um, I suppose, God's um, purpose for us on earth is. And uh, I don't know about you, but at the start of lockdown, I felt quite challenged about that as a statement. Um, I think for a long time, I've always said, whenever I talk to people about how we should respond, how we should behave as Christians, I've always said, if we don't do it, who will do it? Uh, and I think that's, that's completely true. That, that's the attitude I want us to have. If we're not going to step in and help someone, then who is going to? Like if, if as followers of God, uh, we're not going to be uh, prepared to step forward and do something to help people, then who's going to do that? Um, the difficulty is we can, we can say that, but then kind of in the back of our minds go, yeah, but I hope someone does step in because it'd be really sad if no one did. I kind of felt at the start of lockdown, this, this real kind of deep sense in me of, man, if I don't love my neighbours at this time, then actually th there's a chance that no one will, that no one will step in. And, and the idea that any of my neighbours, the people around us, are struggling and suffering and I'm not going to step in and, and at least notice that and offer to help in some way um, I kind of feel, felt quite exposed and thought man I've got I've got to um, action this I've got to do it and actually it's been really nice being able to connect with our neighbours and do some stuff just to be able to um, to look out for them and let them know um, that we're thinking of them that we're that we're there and I suppose when we think about everything that's going on in the world at the minute and everything that we're all juggling and managing, this bit, the love your neighbour bit, is where it becomes quite simple. And for me, if we choose to love people, it's always the best option. I don't know whether you've, how you found it, but, but sometimes we can find ourselves in situations where it's really hard to know what we should do. Sometimes we've always been told that certain things are wrong or, or that we need to respond in a certain way to, to the, when this thing happens or when someone says this or when people act in this kind of way. Sometimes we can feel like it's a bit confusing. In my heart, maybe I'm not sure how I should respond. But actually, um, when we choose to love, it's always the best option. So for me, love will always win. If we choose that, it will always win. And, and to me, that concept has really shaped me over the last probably five or six years, but I reckon quite possibly way beyond that as well. Having grown up in church, what I found is sometimes I've just learnt lingo, I've just uh, been told things, I've just heard perspectives and heard kind of thought patterns and theology and, and, and like processes, thinking, ways of thinking, um, and you just accept them, especially in your, in your kind of formative years. You just, you just take them on as, well, this is what's true. And, and for me, when I look at that, uh, I suppose over the last five or six years and maybe a bit longer, I've kind of noticed that some of those things have maybe not particularly helped me. And if I look back, I'd maybe describe it as stuff like I'd find myself in situations where I'd encounter someone who kind of thought a certain way or behaved a certain way or maybe been through um, some particular kind of experiences or challenges. 
and, and sometimes you take what is what maybe was the party line and and you can end up feeling nervous about how do I deal with this person? Um, how do I cope with different views, with different opinions, with different approaches, behaviours, all those kind of things. And it can be easy to, to fall into this trap of just separating stuff into, well, this is right and this is wrong. Um, and this is what you need to do in order to come in line with how we want you to behave. Um, and I kind of understand that. But I think the journey that I've been on, as, I, as I've been on this kind of real challenge of, of realising that, that loving people will always win, I found it really, really challenging to work out how do we most effectively do that with people. When I look at the debates Jesus had, when he challenged people, when he uh, dealt with people, um, what we'd often find is that Jesus would challenge attitudes rather than behaviours. That even if someone was what the Bible would describe as caught in the act of sin, he wouldn't really highlight the act of sin. He'd often challenge what he would see as being the concerning attitudes in those times. And when I look back at how I used to feel in situations where someone had done something wrong or, or someone was behaving in a particular way, when I look back now, I'd say it was my attitude that needed to be challenged rather than uh, rather than the behavior of what the person was doing. I'm not saying we don't correct people's behavior or we don't try and work out how do we help someone to not behave in that way. But for me, it was my attitude that was the biggest problem and probably my attitude that was the biggest blocker between not only me and God, but that person and God as well. That if I wanted to be truly loving, my attitude needed to be different. I suppose that's part of the journey that I've, uh, that I've been on. And the question I think that changed it for me was this. If God loves all people, then what should I do with that? And we, we know that's true. God loves all people. Um, he wants a relationship. He wants connection with all people. No matter what is going on in their life, what decisions they've made, who they are, how they feel, what's going on in their world. God loves all people. And it's clear from what God says in the Bible and through Jesus that loving people is always the right option and the right answer. But what I've found is sometimes we've hidden behind this idea that, that in order to help people, we have to sometimes show tough love in order to uh, tell people the home truths or tell them the challenging, challenge them in the way that they're behaving in order to get them to come in line and behave in the way that they really should be behaving. And I understand what people are trying to do when they do that. But if I'm really honest, when I look at the trail of devastation and the amount of disillusionment that surrounds people who have fallen away from church or have fallen away from, from God or Christianity or just Christians, then I've got to be honest with you, I'm not sure that method of, of challenging in that way is, is particularly effective in the way that it's working. Now, don't get me wrong. Are there times when challenge is needed? Uh, are there times when people need to be spoken to or or kind of uh, challenged on their behavior or their attitude or the things that they're doing yeah absolutely of course there is of course there's there's times where people need to be uh, need to be challenged but what i found is who does it and how it's done is so important
And in order for it to be done out of love, then the simple truth is love needs to be part of that relationship in order for that message to come across. When we kind of just, have, uh, I don't know, maybe with the best intentions, just wade in and try and challenge someone and, and do something to correct their behaviour. Man, if there's not love at the heart of that relationship or behind what's going on, then that's the kind of time that we see people are absolutely annihilated and devastated and often walk away because their, illusion, their, their illusions have been shattered by the way someone has spoken to them and treated them. And this stuff is, is challenging, but it is so important that we get it right. So when we are struggling to know what to do, how to deal with a particular person, whether you agree with them or not, whether they think the same as you or not, whether they behave the same as you or not, love is always the best way to respond. I remember hearing someone talk um, a few years ago about how they deal with complex pastoral situations. Um, and they described how before the person would arrive in their office to kind of um, like have this time where they would deal with something difficult that the person was going through. Before they'd arrive, this individual would stop and imagine that they were about to be dealing with one of their own children. And that as they imagined that scenario, they would imagine that, that their approach would be shaped by the fact that they love that person wholeheartedly that they want the best for them, that they don't want just to challenge and, and kind of cut to the core of what's going on, that the fact that they love them wholeheartedly and, and generally want them to just thrive would be the driver for them. And I love that idea, that starting point, to put yourself in a situation say, and, and say, if this was my own child, how would I respond to this? Because the compassion and the, the soft-heartedness that comes into play when we take that approach makes all the difference to the way that we would deal with that person. I think that's an important lesson for us to take on and, and realise. Jesus nails this uh, whole topic again um, when he talks in John chapter 12, 47. He says this, As for those who hear my words but do not keep them, I do not judge them, for I did not come to judge the world but to save the world. And everything Jesus does, in the way that he responds and, and treats people and, and um, just navigates life, just oozes and breeds love. And that's the, the lesson that he teaches us. That's the message that he teaches us. And we've got to believe that if we choose love as our response and our approach to people, then we make a way for God to work and be seen in situations where he might never have been able to be noticed before. And in effect, we become a mirror of the very one who sustains us because he himself is love. There's a great kind of passage in the Bible that's read at um, the majority of weddings that happen. And it's, uh, it's that chapter, the start of that chapter that we've already read a, a verse from, 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, one to eight. I'm going to read it, 
but I want you to not just go into the mode where you sat in a wedding listening to someone talk about love, what it looks like, and thinking about it being between um, um, two kind of two people who are committing to marriage. Um, I want you to think about this being relevant for every single person um, that you might meet. And for me, this is what love looks like. It says this, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices Whenever the truth wins out, love never gives up, never loses faith. It, all, it is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. And that's why it says at the end of verse 13 in that chapter, that the greatest of these is love. It will last forever. So if we're wondering about how on earth do we behave, do we respond, do we deal with that person, do we approach these particular situations, then we've got to be people who choose love and be marked out by that. Because that's who God is. And that's who I want to try and represent in the way that I do my life. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that, that uh, throughout your word and, and throughout the life of Jesus, we just see this constant um, kind of weaving in and out of, of life and history, this message of love. God, I pray as we try and work out how do we uh, do life in the best way? How do we love people? How do we operate um, in the different situations we find ourselves in? God, I just pray that you would help us to be people who truly love others, who love without an agenda um, and really uh, begin to reach out and step in to make, a, to make a positive impact on the lives of the people that we come into contact with. So guide us, God, uh, strengthen us and be with us. Amen. So that's all for this morning. Um, we'll see some of you on Tuesday for the character course, but if not, have a brilliant week and we'll see you next week. Take care.